the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. Compulsive behaviors and addictions are rampant in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth and Tony B. starts now. They'll take your calls and share how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ saved them and can do the same for you or your loved ones. God wants you to walk into the light. Recovery Radio Houston is live. Good afternoon. Another blazing afternoon here in Houston, Texas. It is hot. Good afternoon out there. This is Pastor John Allworth and... Coming to you from Recovery Radio Houston. I'm here with my co-host, Tony B. Tony, how are you, brother? Hello, good evening, good afternoon, middle of the day. You know, Tony, there are people out there right now that are dying from the coronavirus, but there are people out there all the time dying from addiction. You know what? We have the cure, and what is that cure, Tony? That is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, brother, because... Whom the sun sets free is free, free indeed. indeed. Yeah. So, you know, this is a show about hope, the hope that Jesus Christ offers to the lost, to the brokenhearted, specifically those that are under the bondage of addiction. So if you or someone you care about, somebody you know is under the bondage of addiction right now, come along with us for a ride of spiritual awakening, because that's what happens in recovery. You know, these uh, recovery principles that we practice and follow, Tony, they are biblical in nature. They, they are biblical. They're derivative straight from the Bible. And I am a believer that Bill Wilson was divinely inspired to write the 12 steps because there's so much Bible in them that until you really uh, look into it and uh, do a little research, which has already been done for us by a number of uh, people, um, you know, you find it. You find it right there. Well, you know, Tony, I am one of the people that's done that research. And, yes, you are. <laughs> and have, have it today, and that's what we're going to be covering. And I, But I can't take full credit for that. Of course, I take credit for the inspired Word of God out of the Bible to begin with. And I also take credit or give credit to your friend and my friend, Bill Morgenstern, who did yes. a, wrote a book, great book, A Christian Perspective of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I've taken some of the scriptures that he found and that he right. – that he, uh, uh, assigned or attributed to each of the 12 steps. And then I've done my own research and from other sources and kind of put it all together. And we've got it here. And that's what we're going to go through today, because I want people to understand, you know, Tony, there is some schism sometimes between the secular recovery community and the faith-based recovery community. There, There's a fear. There's a fear. That's a good way to put it. There's a fear and there's perceptions and there's prejudices yes. um, that come along in every aspect of human nature. So when we don't understand something, we we are afraid of it. That's exactly right. And so, you know, there are some things about the 12 steps and the way it's uh, 
uh, presented by men that give people a little pause. Uh, but the t- truth of the matter is, uh, all of these things, and for those of you w- watching on Facebook, you can see I'm holding up my Bible right now. And uh, th- these are biblical principles given to us by the Lord our God and given to us by Jesus Christ when he walked this earth, given to us by the Apostle Paul as he wrote his epistles. And uh, Bill Wilson and others took those principles and they made them into 12 steps. And, you know, of course, they tried to make it attractive to everybody because there are a lot of people that need recovery out there. But the truth of the matter is, is that when somebody we've talked to people on this show that didn't have Christ in their lives, mm-hmm. worked these 12 steps, and that was a transformation for them because they began to find and see God in those 12 steps. And on the flip side, also, you know, Bill Wilson caught a lot of flack for being too godly, True. for being too uh, evangelical, being a holy roller. And it's amazing how the same prejudices then, I would wager to say that there are more people brought to Christ that had no knowledge of, of God or spirituality through the 12 steps, then there, uh, I'm sorry, I said it wrong. There are more people that resist it than are saved by it. And that's kind of telltale of society. The big book was written back in the thirties, but fast forward to where we are today. There's so many people that need Jesus. If they would just get over the fear and step past their own understanding. But you know what, even though for all those that resist, you know, as you were saying that, it, it, it occurred to me because, you know, many people that are listening to us, they grew up in church. Their, mm-hmm. their, their parents took them to church. The, you know, it was part of their lives from, from an early age. That wasn't the truth. with That wasn't so with me. You mean and, and yeah, and so, you know, there are a lot of people out there that this is their beginning exposure. So I would venture that, that many, many people have come to Christ through the 12 steps, maybe more than any other uh, area that was non that was secular, but there are a lot of people that wind up in recovery that they went to church, true, but they were never nurtured in, in the in the salvation experience. That's true. That's you true. know, and, and I'm going to step out there just a little bit, and I'm just going to use an example. I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but uh, like I grew up Roman Catholic in the Northeast, and I knew they taught me about Jesus and the stories and the stations of the cross throughout the church and whatnot. But I never got the idea of the salvation experience, about the true relationship with Jesus, about what that really was. Well, you know, that that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, when you have your own secret place, when he's in your heart, right. when when you know he's with you at all times, when, when when you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you, educating you, guiding mm-hmm. you, that that's the kind of experience we want for people. Because there right. are people out there that are in the 12-step programs that resist Christ, that resist a spiritual awakening, well, and they white-knuckle it. You know why? Why's I'll that? tell you exactly why. Because people get the wrong idea that they think that, okay, God of my own understanding, I can make up my own God. No, no. There's still parameters. There's still guidelines. And yes, let's just call them what they are. There are rules. God has rules. God has commandments. God has uh, areas he doesn't want us to go. The same way, you know, he didn't want Adam and Eve to eat from that one tree. Enjoy every single thing in this garden. Just don't touch that one. But what did they do? They went ahead and they touched that one. You know, it's funny. Bill Morgenstern, my my uh, my old friend, uh, used to tell me all the time in, in a joking manner. Uh, he said, "You know, the first thing I'm going to do when I get through the the, the gates of heaven, I'm going to find Adam and I'm going to punch him in the mouth." 
because he had just not I listened hope, I, to Eve. I hope Jesus warned him so Adam's poor Adam, Adam's prepared. You know, he's just a man like the rest of us. We all fall short of the glory of God, sadly enough. But you know what? Uh, you're right, Tony. The, this book, when when we when people resist Jesus Christ and right. they say the God of my understanding, you know who that God ends up being? It ends up being them, them. because it's whatever they want to do. Right. And that's okay. But you see, but, well, and now on the flip side. Those of us in the church, those of us saved and 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 uh, in recovery, or even more importantly, the ones out of recovery, we have to remember also that we cannot use our own our own understanding as to how to guide people like we were when we first come in. We can't fall to any prejudices. We can't uh, think that we're going to change people. We have to be the vessel of Christ to change. Right. Lead them to Jesus Christ. You so can change them. On both sides of it, that we want to form the bridge. Right. Right. There are give and takes. There are people, there, there are things that people have to do to lose the prejudices and to lose the perceptions and the fear and be able to just go by that beautiful book you held up. Well, you know, Tony, you, you mentioned the bridge for folks who haven't listened to the program before or haven't heard us talk about that. What we're talking about is a bridge between the secular community, secular recovery, and faith-based recovery, because that bridge is, needs to go both directions. In other words, we want to bring people in from the secular recovery community over to a supernatural, right. supercharged recovery over on the faith side. But people on the faith side also need to have that handout, because Jesus right. came to seek and save the lost. Exactly. And we need to be prepared to love them, to encourage them, not to judge them, but to be there for them so, so that when they make that journey. To remember exactly how Christ loved and to model after that. Amen. We are to follow Christ. That's what the Bible tells us over and over again. Well, God, God, you, I mean, Jesus used a firm hand with the, uh, oh my Lord, the, the word totally with the uh, Pharisees. Yes. He used stern teaching with them and he admonished them. He didn't admonish the, the, the adulteress. He didn't admonish the people that he healed. No, he told right? the adulteress, uh, where are your accusers, my daughter? I see they've gone. I don't, I don't condemn you either. Get up and sin no more. He said, repent. That was his message from the beginning in the book of Matthew. He says, uh, the kingdom of God has come, and it is time to repent. And that was Jesus' message. And, and, you know, no matter where you're out there, no matter where you've been, or if you know somebody that's living under a bridge tonight, no matter where they are, no matter where they've been, God loves you. He will forgive you, and he's got a mighty purpose for your life. There is nothing impossible for God. And if you just have—what we're about in this program, Tony, is is to provide recovery resources uh, out there. And we've had a string of incredible guests. Mm. We had Last week we had Philip Hall, who's uh, written a book. He was a mobster, written a book, From the Bullet to the Bible. We have our friend Tommy Thompson on all the time, who runs the Open Door Mission. Uh, we've had uh, Sasha— uh, who uh, I'm old like you, Tony, in the name, but she runs the the high school that's for kids right. with substance abuse. We had Sarah and Joel who are about to open up that women's center restoration ranch. You know, we've had a beautiful story uh, heals halos. Yeah, yeah that uh, we've had, which is a ministry that uh, takes women who have been sex abused. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had uh, Project Hope, Michael Vecchio. They have both a men's and a women's rehab center. You know, I've got a special announcement for our friends at the Open Door Mission. You know, they are just doing incredible work over there at the mission they literally for folks who don't know it's uh down in east houston and it's a a facility that takes in homeless men and people with uh addiction problems and people with mental health problems they partner with harris health 
and it, it truly transforms people's lives. They take every aspect of, you know, they, they provide dental care, they provide mental, uh, physical, uh, medical care, they provide education, get these guys a GED if they don't have it. They do job training, job placement, housing, and their number one principle is Jesus saves. They start each day at 6 o'clock or, uh, with the, in, in chapel and, and praying to Jesus, and they utilize the 12 steps. They utilize the uh, uh, smart recovery. And I, Tommy Thompson, who runs the Open Door Mission, asked me and remind me to make this announcement a couple of times today. But they are open back for business. They had yes. a, they had a problem Hallelujah. there with uh, some COVID scares, but everybody's healthy. They are open for business. But they used to take walk-ins on certain days, but no walk-ins right now. You have to call 832-962-4249. That's 832-962-4249 to get instruction on how to go in. If you if you are under a bridge right now, you're homeless, you've been kicked out of your house, or you know somebody that is, you've got a son or a brother or somebody that you care about, uh, I can't recommend more highly any place than the Open Door Mission to transfer. These guys, you know, go from homeless or addicted to, to being taxpaying citizens. But more than that, they get Jesus in their heart. Exactly. And, and it's a wonderful program. We've had several of their guys that are graduates on the program mm-hmm. and that are, you know, that are just doing great and working in great jobs, been employed for a long time. And out helping other people. Out helping other people, because that's what we're, if we have time, we're going to go through these 12 steps today in the biblical and basis don't forget. While you're speaking of phone numbers, how do our people reach us? Yeah, I was just going to go there, brother. Okay. Thank you, though. So we can take your calls today at 1-800-808-5548. That's 1-800-808-5548. Maybe you just need somebody to talk to. Maybe you need prayer for yourself or for somebody else. You can call in. You can be anonymous. Uh, maybe you need to ask us about some recovery resources. But we're here to talk to you, to share our hope, strength, and experience and to pray with you if that's what you need, or prayer for somebody else. Again, that number is 1-800-808-5548. That's 1-800-808-5548. You know, it's funny, Tony. We, As we were walking in out of the garage today, what did we see? Well, I practically almost stepped on a meth pipe. Yeah, I mean, it is everywhere in our society, folks. Right outside the doors of the studio where we're going to do, uh to do this show and and while it shouldn't surprise me it's just a telltale sign of how much of an epidemic we're in the middle of you know everybody is so concerned about having your mask on every every step of the way when you walk in someplace but right now in front of us we're driving by we're walking by and yeah some of us are stepping over people that are desperate out there Due to their addiction, there are millions of them, and it's not it's it's a pandemic all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, we we tend to I mean, and there are, there are hundreds more than a hundred thousand people who die from some form of addiction each mm-hmm. and every year, whether it be alcohol, opioids, uh, methamphetamine, uh, heroin addiction, uh, you name it. Is and and there are people addicted. Uh, you know, we, we talk about recovery, and, and some people in the church tend to turn up their noses. Well, I don't need to. Man, there are people out there that need to recover from jealousy, that need to recover from greed, that need to recover mm-hmm. from, from they put idols like sports maybe ahead of, of their relationship with Jesus Christ and with mm-hmm. God. Um, there are people that are addicted to sex, to pornography. Uh, you name it, uh, addiction is rampant in our society. Donuts. And, and, you know, the first step is, you know, the first step is, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and that our lives had become unmanageable. 
So I, I venture to say, you may not be fit, fit in that category, but I venture to say every person that can hear my words right now knows someone that that, that statement is true. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, pornography, and that our lives had become unmanageable. You know what? Let's pray, Tony. Uh, Father God, we just come to you today with uh, with gratitude in our hearts for how wonderful you are, for the changes in our lives that you made once that we accepted the uh, the free gift of salvation and the relationship with Jesus Christ that is there and available for each and every person out there, Father. But uh, there is there is suffering in our land right now, uh, both with the pandemic and, and with addiction. Uh, Father, we just pray for healing. We pray that people turn their eyes to you because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, Tony, um, we, uh, we're going to go through some scriptures, and we'll get as far as we can through these 12 steps, because each of them have many scriptures uh, that, that are relevant to, uh, to recovery and to these 12 steps. So that's where these folks got these, because, again, the principles of the Bible, everybody, you know, I read on the Christian Broadcast Network, I've said this before, that, that the Bible is a book about recovery. Because, you know, the Israelites were recovering from, from slavery. Uh, you know, people are always recovering from something. Uh, Joseph was thrown in a pit and taken captive. You know, we go through life, we're always recovering from something. And this book, this mar- marvelous living book called the, called the Bible is, is what we should turn to. So first scripture I have written down is, don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? And that's from the Apostle Paul in his epistle to the Romans chapter Six verse sixteen. You know, Tony, that that one is just so true. Don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? Boy, he was ministering to them in that because the Romans were some. Uh, they were <laughs> they were whack jobs, weren't they? Yeah, we were. They, they were kind of wrapped up in uh, all kinds of weird stuff. And so that's so true because people, you know, addiction is an illness. It is a disease, and you know we get uh, and rightfully so. Uh, there's. It's it's a tough balance when you know somebody that that is addicted. You have to have sympathy and compassion for them, but you can't do what's called enabling them. Mm-hmm. You can't make it easier for them. If they're always borrowing money from you. That's not a good thing. You're not really helping them. You're feeding the addiction. You know they've always got somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's. That's always some huge problem came up. But you know you got to have some tough love. But you also have to understand that many times with the things they do. They're a slave to whatever they are choosing to obey. And the Romans, the Romans, they were pretty much probably they were power mongers. They had to conquer everything. Sure. So they were addicted to power. And when you're addicted to power, you're addicted to excess. And that's why they were so excessive in everything they did. That's that's why they fall. Pride cometh before the fall, right? True, true. You know. I think Paul though is also talking here uh, uh, about sin. And right. and uh, and the sinful he was writing to the Romans. You know, many people consider Romans his his greatest accomplishment. It's his best organized work. It goes through the the Roman road, salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, it it it, it talks about uh, Christian theology and it explains grace and and everything else. And so he's he's talking about sin here, and and that's really true. We are we are, and you know, it may be they're workaholics. People are uh, slaves to their jobs. They're they're not putting Christ first, right? And we've got to put Jesus Christ in in the number one slot. And we've got to realize that you know when you're addicted, 
I mean, you got to have that alcohol. You got to have that cigarette. You got to have that whatever it is, and you're becoming a slave to it. And the reason that we become slaves to it is because of uh, that our friend Adam that we discussed earlier, <laughs> and, and uh, because of uh, the sinful nature that that began there. And Romans uh, chapter seven verse eighteen says, "I know that nothing good lives in me that is my sinful nature, for I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out." So you can't just blame it on Eve? No, you can't just blame it on Eve. Well, then no. what was Adam's real problem? Well, his He re- didn't put Jesus before he, Eve. He didn't put God first. He didn't uh here here's the, exactly. Well said, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh the problem is we have a war and the war is our flesh against our spirit. And and uh, Philippians 4.13 tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So when we make Christ number one, we're able to conquer sin and 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 lean on the Holy Spirit. But but when we're left to our own devices mm. and whatever we choose, our flesh chooses to obey, then we can't do. And that's and Paul says that uh, there's a long quote in Romans 7.15 through 20 where he says, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate I do. And that's so many people are trapped in addiction. They really don't want to be. They get it's a cycle cycle. And Bill talks about it in this book, the cycle of shame and guilt, where where they have this desire in their flesh and they give into it. And because they're a slave, they're powerless over over what they're doing. And uh, then they feel bad. They feel terrible. And then because they feel terrible, they want to feel good again. And so they so then they go to what what's comfortable and what they know what they're addicted to. And they do that. You know what I call Romans seven? What you just read? Yeah. I call that the synchronicity scripture. Okay. Remember the police? Yeah. The song on that, do, 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 yeah, all yeah. those do's in there. Yeah. There's a I lot have of to do. really, to this day, I have to really read that slowly. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read, uh, read that whole thing. Uh, but you know, and the, the, because it, there are so many do's in there, I, I, I the start do, singing do, the police do. and you don't want to hear me sing. So, but what you referred to earlier in Proverbs 16 and 18, pride comes before destruction, a hearty, haughty spirit before a fall. And and you know that's what, unfortunately, uh, people that are that falls to addiction tend to be very prideful. How many times do you remember being in your addiction when you felt so good because of what you were doing, and you felt so high, and you felt not not high in the chemical sense, but so high and mighty, so powerful, and so indestructible? Didn't that usually come followed soon after by a consequence? Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Like, and and the, the struggle of the disease of alcoholism is I just want to keep doing this and learn how not to have the bad parts. Yeah. And that never comes. That never comes. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Well, what they say is, you know, in, in AA is one's too many and a thousand's not enough. Yeah. You just keep chasing. Because, folks, if you're addicted out there, you're never going to catch up with it. You, you've got something empty in your heart. And and you're trying to fill it with more alcohol or more drugs, and it's never, never, never going to work. The only thing that will really fulfill you and give you the peace that surpasses all understanding is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Here, so, comes, here comes my favorite one. Yeah. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Matthew twenty three twelve. That spoke to me very early in my recovery. Praise the Lord. It spoke to me because I it. it finally undid that riddle as to how hard how much harder do i have to try to get noticed yeah how much harder do i have to try to get well exalted to get promoted to get to become popular to be liked by more girls or 
you know what I mean, in the field that I was in back then and within on the music scene, how how much crazier do I have to get? You know, how much more exuberant do I have to act to get more followers, to get more, you know, people to 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 like me? And and w- when I was at my lowest is when I started understanding, you know, learning about Jesus and the way he walked and the way he taught um and the way he loved that it it's okay to not always be talking, number one. <laughs> Learning how to shut up was a big recovery principle for me. Yeah, it is. And and uh, how much more God blesses you when you play second to him is really something that uh, I wish I could put it in a bottle and sell it. You know, I just have people drink it and understand it. Because once you really understand that concept and you work on that, especially with a good sponsor, that's really when the 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 clarity starts to come. Well, it's that pride because we don't want to admit that we're powerless over anything. We think we can conquer anything. It's that feeling you get and and you go back to. And then what Paul says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 10, he says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And what Paul's saying there is, is when you have this relationship with Jesus Christ and you're weak, but you rely on him, you turn to him, you take it to the cross, right. then then you're stronger than you've ever been before. It's like in James, take joy in many trials. I mean, I, 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 when, when hard times come now, it's not like I'm like, oh, yippee, but I, I know to get an anticipatory of the blessing coming yeah. at the end of it because if, as long as I trust Jesus, everything's going to be all right. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is we need less of him and more, less, yeah. of, less of us and more of him. Right. That's exactly what we need. So, then we come to we finally get past that first step. We have to admit it. You know, you have to you have to know that you need Jesus. You have to know that you can't do it on your own. And you and you need you need a relationship with Christ. So step two is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And for you and I, Tony, clearly that's Jesus Christ. That that's the only power greater than us. And it's like I talk in secular recovery all the time and, and I say how do you come to believe something? Well, you investigate it. Yeah. You you become knowledgeable in it. You learn. You open yourself up to learning about Jesus, about op- cracking open a Bible, actually reading it. Going to a Bible. Bible studies were huge for me early on because for once I was actually willing to listen and to take in what I was really reading, not just reading it to read it. That's so good, Tony, taking it in because same thing for me early in recovery. You know, I knew some of the biblical stories and, and, and whatnot, and I knew who Jesus was and I believed in God, but, but I never really read the Bible to really understand what it meant and how powerful those words are when they speak to you, when you, when you take them into your heart. Well, plus with a case like me, I needed someone to explain some of that stuff because I never knew the, the NIV or the NLT and for a person brand new in Christ to sit down and just try and soak in the King James, that's that's tough. Yeah. I had to have it explained. Well, you know? there's no, there's nothing wrong with that, and that's again that bridge between the secular community and the and the faith based community. You know, we are called to make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. That's what those were his last instructions, Christ's last instructions on earth. And so we need, except to the Apostle Paul when he appeared to him, and to John uh, in Revelation. But in any event, we need. Uh, we need people that are willing to do that, to seek and save the lost in our work. You know, I've started a church, or we've started a church called New Covenant Church Greater Heights. We're only meeting online right now on Sundays at 6 um, because of the pandemic, and we've we've leased some space in the Heights 
uh, and we can't have services right now. Hopefully, we'll be back in the building soon. But we're there every on Facebook at 6 p.m. at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. If you want to check out, a, a, I had a scripture about the seven powerful words from the cross last Sunday. And uh, uh, so we're there every Sunday at 6. But if, if I had my druthers, I might call it Recovery Church. And by that, that's because, you know, God's called us into the middle of the city. He, you know, it's a satellite church from New Covenant Church in Humble that we, mm-hmm. you and I both belong to. That, and uh, God's called us in the middle of the city to save the people. And we need people there that are mature Christians, that are ready to, to disciple people. That right. are, you know, and so we need both sides of the street. So in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That is where who can set you free, folks. That's who can set anybody free. There is nothing impossible for God and Jesus Christ. We'll read one more scripture before we uh, talk about going to the break, and that is from Paul asks in that same section of scripture that we were talking about earlier in chapter 7, where he's talking about, I I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. There you go. (laughs) Paul asks a rhetorical question. He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And the answer, folks, is who, Tony? Jesus. Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, we're going to go to break. Let me announce one more time that our friends at the Open Door Mission, who we're just so happy and pleased to be doing kingdom work with, uh, Tommy Thompson is the CEO over there, and and they just it's a holistic program, and they just transform men's lives. They are back open for business. They are taking in uh, uh, new people. They are transforming lives. They've got people. They've got uh, almost a hundred beds over there, and uh, it's an incredible program. They're not taking walk-ins. You need to call eight three two nine six two four two five nine to get instructions. Eight three two nine six two twelve forty nine. I mean, it is an incredible deal. Dental work, medical work, take care of all your problems. Legal. I'm helping some guys. I'm a lawyer too, Tony, as you know. With, with that, yes, you some, are. Some legal problems over there. Uh, GED, job skills, computer training, job placement. I mean, it is an incredible program. Call eight three two nine six two four two five four nine to talk about your admittance or somebody that you know. Tony, uh, we've got podcasts. All our our yeah. except for last week, we had a problem. But how do people find our, our show well, on podcast? I want to I want to throw Sarah and Joel a quick plug too, okay. real quick. If you're looking for a good ministry to sow into, uh, think about Restoration Ranch. You can go on Facebook and just look them up, Restoration Ranch, or you can look their information up on our on our Facebook or our website. Get in contact with us or them. Uh, they are really looking for donations right now of uh, not only of money but also of time. If you want to get on the ground floor of a wonderful ministry that's going to reach out and help so many women in Houston that need help and need a resource. Uh, Restoration Ranch is the ministry for you. Yeah. Our podcast, if you search for podcasts in general, put in Recovery Radio Houston Podcast. You can pull them all up. You can take them with you. Subscribe. They'll come right to your device every week. And uh, we are going to take a three-minute break. I'm going to grab a quick bite and... John's going to do something, and we'll be right back in about three minutes. We'll be right back. We're talking about the 12 steps and the biblical basis for each and every one of them and how the true freedom comes from Jesus Christ. Recovery Radio Houston.
Welcome back to Recovery Radio Houston here on a blazing afternoon in beautiful Houston, Texas. And uh, we are here, we're talking about the 12 steps and the biblical basis for each of these 12 steps because we see our program as a bridge and our ministry. Tony, we got a ministry that we started uh, five, six years ago that meets on Friday nights at New Covenant Church in Humble. We have recently changed the name from Break Every Chain to Covenant Recovery Ministries. Long story that we don't need to get into. <laughs> but the fact is, uh, you that we did, really don't need to get into. Yeah, you did a great job last night. Uh, you, you put a message on Facebook. You can go. To, we've got all kinds of resources. If you want to go find resources, you can go to our Facebook page, Recovery Radio Houston Facebook page. There's a resource guide on there. And we probably need to update it as we've gotten uh, so many wonderful people doing kingdom work here on the on the remind me to do that, Tony, mm-hmm. uh, on the program. Uh, you can also go to uh, my church's uh, where I'm the senior pastor, the website or Facebook page, which is New Covenant Church Greater Heights. You can go to our ministry page, which is uh, Covenant Recovery Ministries. Tony was on there last night uh, giving a message. We're going to be doing a Zoom meeting next two weeks. And then on September 11th, we're going to be back in the building on Friday nights at 7 o'clock for Covenant Recovery Ministries. What we do is uh, we used to have break bread together, but we're not going to do that during this time. But we're going to have a a little short biblical message and then break into groups with men and women and, and talk about our hope, strength, and experience, talk through problems, talk through issues and 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 share and and uh it's kind of a cross between a church service and an aa meeting a 12-step meeting so uh we get a little bit of both in but jesus christ is at the center of it and we'd love for you to join us that's on friday nights starting september 11th at 901 wilson road in humble covenant recovery ministries and we'll be talking more about that on here i want to make another announcement before we get back into the 12 steps and that is that our friends at the open door mission uh, a program that transforms lives, takes homeless, addicted, and mentally ill men, and uh, introduces them to Jesus primarily. Also provides medical and dental care. It's a holistic program, job training, get some jobs, uh, find a place to live. I mean, completely transforms these men's lives. We've had guys on here that would just blow you away mm-hmm. from where they came from, you know, and, and they're just being vessels there because nothing is impossible for God. If you're out there, you're homeless, uh, you know somebody that's addicted, they've been addicted forever. Uh, you know, we've we've seen Jesus deliver people immediately, but normally it takes takes people being in a program where people love on them. And it takes them getting them. up at 6 a.m. going to church every day. Yeah, I really that'll think change your life. That, that is such an integral part of that program that I love. I, I just Absolutely. You know? But they've also, you know, but they handle everything. They handle behavioral aspects with smart recovery. They handle the 12-step the meetings. They handle uh, getting faith, getting Jesus Christ in your well, heart. You know, understand, I'm, I'm not saying that everyone needs to get up and go to church every day at 6 a.m. the rest of their life. But what I am saying with these guys, when they get introduced to it, what that does, it develops a pattern of going to God first thing in the morning. Oh, that's good. I which, like it. Which is really what we should be doing. I mean, uh, it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. You know, I mean, as you grow you may want to do, you know, your devotionals and stuff. Some of us don't have time to do that. We get, I, I get up to go to work at two thirty in the morning, right? So it, me just stumbling to the coffee pot is is an accomplishment. But once I get in my truck and I'm taking that twenty minute drive to work, that's my time with God. Yeah. So Amen. before I do anything, 
That's the way we should all start our days. You know? if, if you've got somebody that, that you think could be helped by the Open Door Mission, you can call 832-962-4249 for information or to make your reservation. It is a free hotel. It's a faith-based hotel program. Your life will never be the same. They're not taking walk-ins anymore. You have to call 832-962-4249, but they are open for business. Tony, I have a page, eight pages of scriptures here. Uh, we'll just bite off what we can chew. Yeah. Well, so, and remember, if you want to call into the show, we're at 1-800-808-5548. 1-800-808-5548. Yeah, we'd love to have you join us for prayer or to to ask us questions, and we'll do the best we can to direct you to the right place and, of course, to Jesus Christ. So I'm going to try to hit the the highlights of, of some of these scriptures. And what I'm going to do, Tony, is I'm going to go back and I'm going to post this on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So if, if people want to, want to see... Uh, the whole the whole thing, because these scriptures are not they're 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 living, breathing scriptures that are intended to help you in your life. So uh, we can it, always mark off where we leave, and the next time we don't have a guest, we'll pick it up. That's true. In Romans chapter eight, Paul's really rolling. In Romans, he says, "Because you belong to Him, the power of the life giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death." That's what we were talking about earlier. That you know, people again white knuckle it through secular recovery, but if you want to be free. If you want to be free, give your life to him, and he will free you from the power of sin. And that doesn't mean that you won't perhaps be tempted, but you'll have, you'll have Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit with you to keep you, uh, to, to provide what you need instead of that. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. When we rely on him, everything changes, doesn't it, Tony? The, the thing I love about those two scriptures is if you— Take the first part of uh, Romans 8, where it says, because you belong to him. Romans 8, 2, I'm sorry. Because you belong to him. What that says to me is, wow, I belong to Jesus. He's there for me 24-7. Yeah. And and I don't have to, I don't have to worry about not being heard when I need to be heard, because he's always there. You know, and it's really like a marriage. Uh, you belong to him, and he belongs to you, mm-hmm. because he died for each and every one of us on the cross. And then each because... Sinner. By giving myself to him like that and becoming dependent on him, when I hear something like Second Second Corinthians twelve nine, my grace is sufficient for you. I can believe that. Yeah, I can believe that because I have. Uh, we're, we're talking about this second step. You're coming to believe. So as I learn to believe more and more, I get this step by step instruction and in how to relate to him. So now I have the solution starting. So before I even get to step three, where I commit my life, I'm starting to he- feel the power. In step two, because in Philippians chapter two, Paul writes, for it is God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose. Now, there's nothing more important than recovery to learn that we need to pray for his will Mm -hmm. and the power to carry it out in our lives, because that's where we get in trouble when we just want to exercise our Our will. Yeah, because our and that's will, very tiring. Y- yeah, it is. That gets exhausting. It does. It gets and then, really But you want to keep exuding your will so you don't rest. When in the Lord, you can rest and trust Him. Yeah, you know, He you says, know? "My my yoke is easy and my burden is light." Did you Did true. you have that uh, that uh, epiphany of how wonderful a full night's rest was when you first started getting sober? Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> and how to take 
how to take a holy nap. You know what a holy nap is? It's at least two hours. <laughs> a holy nap is at least two hours. Anything under that is just it's a sufficient it's nap. It's a tease, man. You know, so Jesus says in John chapter 15, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I believe that with every fiber in my body, because when I was driving the boat, the boat was up on the sandbar, man. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> Lots but, of barnacles. Yeah, but when I let him take the steering wheel, oh, my goodness, everything changed. Yeah, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So, and one of the things we learn in in, in faith based recovery is uh, in James. James is a wonderful book. You know, it's a, it's a, I, I you know sometimes I struggle to. It's to, the recovery book of the Bible. It really is it, that in Romans, but uh, uh, James five sixteen says the, the fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective indeed, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, Sometimes we think of of prayer as uh, uh, God. Uh, I, I would like to get a raise. I would like you know all these selfish personal things that that you know that may not be God's will for us. No, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm, I'm very happy not being a very rich man because well, all the time that I chase money and 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 excess, it brought me so many problems. Well, Jesus says you know? man cannot uh, serve mammon and and the Lord at both at the same time. You got to yeah. pick. You got to pick. Yeah. So, and you, you know what's you know we all dream. You know, it's from time to time in our lives. Oh, it'd be wonderful to be Jeff Bezos. How, how many billions does he have? No, and, and I don't want to pick on Jeff. <laughs> no, but, <it> <laughs> but I've known many, many uh, because of I've just been exposed to. Wealthy people and wealthy families that weren't any happier than the poor guy that's, you know, working minimum wage nine to five every day. When's the last time you saw a reality show of a billionaire that looked like a life you wanted to lead? Yeah, I mean, look at the people on the Jeff Epstein or whatever his name is. The Kardashians. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Come on. I mean, yeah. Chris Lee knows best. The the joy comes in the morning and it comes from, from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So... I love this scripture in Hebrews eleven six because I don't think a lot of people realize it. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm. Um, you know, faith is, is something that will change your life. And when you truly have faith, everything changes. You no longer – it's, you know, things that used to baffle us, as we say in recovery, mm-hmm. uh, they no longer baffle us. We're, yeah. We know how to handle situations, and we know that God is always with us. So step three. What's step three, Tony? <clears throat> Excuse me while I clear my throat. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. Amen. You know, Jesus said, you know, we forget this. Some people think of the church as being all pious. Jesus didn't hang out with the Pharisees. No, no. He didn't hang out with the people that thought they were all that. He went over there and told them what was up. Yeah, but he he went to the tax collector. At that time, the tax collector was the lowest of the low. Like a lawyer. He, yeah, just easy. <laughs> yeah. He went to the tax collector and, and said, follow me. You know, he had yeah. people, because he said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Mm. Mark 2.17. That's, you know, I, 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 I can't stress that enough when i'm in recovery meetings i I want people to understand he came for us you know i don't care where you are what you've done you know the the thief next on him next to the cross he he said uh, to the thief today brother you will see me in paradise you know because the man repented and gave his life to jesus said i believe in you the other guy you know that's it's that's illustrates it's, it's so powerful there's two guys on the cross next to jesus 
And one of them, they're both guilty criminals. And one of them stays rebellious and says, you know, eh, you know, and, and makes fun of Jesus. And the other guy says, you know, this man, how can you condemn this man? He's done nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, uh, and he says today, don't forget me when you're, when you're with your father. And Jesus says today, oh, that's how simple salvation is. Just give your life, believe in him. You want to be a pastor for a moment? Yes, sir. I mean, you're always a pastor, but answer me a, a question in a pastorally fashion. Okay. Name, if you can, off the top of your head, times and stories in the Bible where Jesus just related to a bunch of kids. Oh, many, many times. Right. Now, think of it this way. Woe to those who do harm to, to these yeah. special yeah. places. Okay. Right. But think of this, though. Someone coming into the church like I did and like you did. We remember all the old-style paintings of Jesus with the apostles, and he's got his hand risen and the heart in the middle of him. You know what I mean? He's got the solemn face on but I learned that Jesus was with everyone the way he was with a group of kids because we're his children. Right. You know that picture that you'll see of Jesus with a bunch of kids with the, the loving face? You can't see my face. But my eyebrows are up and that open. That's how he is with us. Yes. To be childlike in spirit, right? Yeah. So once I uh, – there's a lot of organized religion that has Jesus painted with no smile on his face. When I believe that he smiled all the time. Oh, he was all about love. He was all about love. And and when I started getting a grasp on that, and when I started understanding and comprehending that that was the way to relate to him, not to be afraid, not to be uh, worried about angering him, not to be worried about being uh, uh, sent to hell, right? But to be able to go to him with anything Mm -hmm. and, and just be unconditionally loved. That was the turn point. That's the supercharged recovery. Yeah. When we start realizing that, man, you know, um, we get into recovery, we start developing back problems. You know, we want to get the wife back. We want to get the job back. We want to get the car back. But the thing we don't do right away, and a lot of people miss, and we're supposed to be there to show them, is that you've always got Christ. He was there with you while you were doing the worst deeds you ever oh, yes, he could was. think of. Yeah, and ready and to pick you up. He was ready to hold you then. It's just a matter of you opening up to him. That's exactly right. So that, I think that's a very important uh, misconception that uh, once people understand that, they open themselves up so much more to the real purpose of recovery, which is, you know, that never-ending, never everlasting agape love of Christ. Well, you know, the disciples, you know, in one of the stories about the kids, the disciples said, oh, you guys, you kids get away. And Jesus said, no, yeah, bring yeah. them to me. Because well, you guys, if you want to go find, find the kingdom of heaven, you need to be like these kids, exactly. these children. This innocent love is the same kind of agape love that Jesus said. And who did he hang out with? I mean, he, you know, the, we talked earlier about, about the adulterous woman, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the woman at the well. You know, you've been mm-hmm. married five times. And, you know, but he was there to give her the, the water of life. Even the guard that came to arrest him he put his ear back on he and put made his sure he was on. okay yeah he loved every and, and you know that's the difference in christianity and other religions jesus pre- said you know pray for your enemies man you know mm-hmm. you're supposed to love everyone not just uh you know so he is all about love and in fact in john ten ten, he said the enemy comes only to steal and destroy i have come that they may have life and have it abundantly he is a loving wonderful god and he okay. came to seek and save the lost and i don't care what you've done out there because so many people think i've messed up too bad i'm too i'm too bad i'm too bad I, yeah. jesus doesn't want to have anything to do with me and that's the exact yeah. opposite is true like the thief on the cross so that, that, that those are great points tony and the other thing that jesus said that we forget about is 
He said, however you treat the least of these is how you treat me. Yeah. So, you know. That's something to think about, too. Yeah, it is. It is. So, uh, you know, and I love the story in Luke chapter 18 about about the um, the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee's over there saying, um, you know, I'm, I'm so wonderful. I'm glad I'm not like that guy down there. Mm. I, I tithe. I go to all these rituals. I'm, I'm so righteous. And the tax collector's down there saying, Lord, have mercy on me. Mm. And Jesus says, which one of these was justified today? And it's the, it's the, the tax collector because yeah. he, he knows he needs Jesus. So Jesus, if you're out there and you're addicted, Jesus came for you. Right. If you know somebody that's out there and addicted, Jesus came for you. That's the good news of the gospel. I mean, and, and you know, that's why we on this radio show, Tony, is because we want to shout it from the mountaintops, man. There's a better way to live, and it's through through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, I just once, like you said, Tony, once you get that in your head, you get that love in your heart. That's when you have the supernatural. supernatural yeah, I really, I really think that that is. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I really think that that is the main component to the salvation experience is to understand God's true nature yeah. and to understand. My place in his heart is not about what I've done, but about who he made me to be. And I can't be who he made me to be until I turn my back on what I've done and go to him. We are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Um, You know, you hear that. It is the blood of the lamb that sanctifies us, that forgives us for our sins, what he did on the cross for us. And the word of our testimony, that scripture in Revelation when they're talking about overcomers, they're talking about the accuser, and and they're talking about the the, the accuser is, is Satan, the enemy, and how they overcame him was the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And so, you know, one thing that people need to understand out there, like Philip Paul, the guy we had on last week, mm. the worst things that you've done, and I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, Philip, but, you know, he was in the mob. I mean, the, forget about it. Yeah, yeah, forget about <laughs> it. But no, Jesus will use that. That becomes the most powerful testimony. He mm. wants to turn you around. And, and the people that we have that come through our ministries, you know, the heroin addicts, the, the people that stole, the people mm. that were in prison, they've got the most powerful testimonies, man, because right. what Christ has done in their lives when they turned it over to him. So it's it's uh, it, Jesus, you know, is amazing. Nothing is impossible for God, and uh, wherever you find yourself tonight, he can he can turn it around for you. You know, but recovery is not all. You know, what's the saying, Tony? Uh, Without God, I can't. Without me, God won't. You got to work, folks. Most of us, I've seen divine deliverance immediately, but for most people, it takes gotta a lot of work. Keep it up. It's like your lawn. You, you, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, even for those that are delivered immediately, you still have to. Yeah. You still have to. You still have to spend time with him. You still have to. But you know, our friends at the Open Door Mission that are open for business again, uh, they're not taking walk-ins. You can call eight three two nine six two four two four nine if uh, you know somebody that needs to transform their lives or. You yourself want to change your life, 832-962-4249, and uh, the, you can get a reservation that will change the rest of your life. They are big on step four, and uh, the step four is where the kind of the hard work starts in recovery. It made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Now, that's just a Christian principle. We all ought to constantly look and see, are we living the way Christ wants us to do? Too? Well, what's the most important uh, part of working step four, making sure you did one, two, and three completely. No, that's a good point. Because <laughs> it, me there they're for numbered me, for a reason, folks. Yeah, they are. If you don't 
Admit, submit, and commit. That's my spin on the first three steps. You admit that you're powerless. Yeah. You submit. When you start to come to believe, you have to learn how to submit to the Lord, right? Learn about him. Uh, begin to know what it's like to be loved by him and love him back, right? Understand how he works. Do your research. Learn about God. And then you submit to him. You go all in. I start to feel these things working, and I want more. So now I have to turn my life over to him. If those three things are not done Doesn't to matter. completion, you can sit down and try to start thinking about writing your inventory over and over again, and you're not going to give it all up. You're well, not going to write it all down because you're not totally convinced that God can handle everything. You haven't turned your life and will over to him. You know, uh, it's very personal, but, you know, Tony, you, you well know that addiction runs in my family, and, and my mom died at 61 of liver failure, which is the age I happen to be now. And uh, I found her notes from she went to rehab eight times, but she mm. didn't she didn't do those first three steps. She worked on the steps, but she didn't truly. She's not alone. Yeah. She she never really so, admitted that she was powerless. Trust me. There are people with 30 years of sobriety right now yeah. that haven't finished the first three steps. Yeah. Well, they're and, dry. And I found you know? these notes uh, that she made and and God wasn't mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, it, it didn't work for her. And, I, oh, I wish I could go back in time. You and, know and when, what I know now. You know, her, when but, somebody is really going to, their inventory is going to shine. And I've worked with a lot of people, okay? You know that you're going to get the full step four experience when you see people anticipating wanting to do it. They're not avoiding it. Because once you start feeling the power of Jesus Christ in your life, you want to get rid of everything. Yeah. Because you have the way out now. Well, how many people that are practicing walking, talking Christians have something in their lives that they won't give up? Oh. The, 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 there's some secret thing, and oh. secrets will eat. The devil will use secrets against you. Their secrets are horrible. There's something in their lives they don't want to give up. You when know? I, I can't, I cannot start. I, I, it's 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 emotional for me because I I think back to the feeling that I had when I realized that I could talk about my deepest, darkest stuff, and get that out. Once that happened. It was amazing as to how much forward, uh, much more forward I looked towards, towards doing that more consistently. And then when I worked with other people or when I shared in meetings, the whole thing just changed because I wasn't afraid anymore to be, about being honest. And if you can't be honest, rigorously yeah. honest, it's, it's a, the it's 12 a, steps are not going to work for you. Yeah, it's a hallmark to recovery. And again, back to the book of James, it's uh, James writes, Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Yeah. And and if you don't do that, and if you don't, if you're not an open book, you know, that's, and it's so freeing to have all those things out. Oof. What's the story you tell about the locust flying oh, yeah, out? Yeah, well, well, I mean, that was a different deal. Uh, that wasn't uh, the release of the secrets. That was Christ, me asking Christ to come in when I, uh, I, I was going, I just went to my first meeting. I had an old man pray for me. And it was the first time anybody ever laid hands on me. I felt a warm sensation on my neck from his hand as he Praise prayed over Lord. me. I broke down in tears. I was, in a, I was a mess. I mean, I'm not going to go through my whole story right now. But I went back to the hotel room I was staying at. And before I knew it, I was face, face first on the floor. And you know when you cry so hard that your sinuses get all clogged up and your face feels like it's going to – it's all bulked up and everything. And I don't know if it was 30 minutes, 30 seconds, however long I was on that floor when I – when I was on the floor, I felt like my back was opening up and a whole bunch, 
of locusts were flying out the back. That's how much the relief of saying, Jesus, help me. Praise the Lord. Help me. Let us, you know? let us close with the scripture because I think it sums up step four. In Lamentations, the Old Testament, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. Mm. So we've got to take that moral inventory. We're going to put this on Facebook. Again, as Tony said, next time uh, we usually our normal uh, format is to have a guest in the kingdom that's doing kingdom work. And uh, we'll have I'll be here next week with uh, with two guests uh, who, who have some powerful testimony. Tony's going to be out with his family. Enjoy your vacation. I'm going to be in the Grand Canyon. Well, that's wonderful. If you don't believe in God, go look at the Grand I'll Canyon. I'll tell you, that'll change your life. Yeah, amen. So, well, you know, we love you here at Recovery Radio. Uh, we'll be back next week at the same time, 4 p.m. You know, and it's important to know that we love you, but what's more important is that God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. How do people get our podcast, Tony? Do we have time for that? Search for the podcast, Recovery Radio Houston Podcast. Download, subscribe, do whatever you got to do to keep it with you wherever you go, any device. And uh, we love you, and we'll see you soon. I'll see you in two weeks, and I'll be telling you all about the Grand Canyon experience all over again, man. I'm looking forward to that, my friend. Uh, Y'all be good. Stay safe out there. Yeah, everybody stay safe. God bless you all. Bye-bye.